when someone is making a rollover um, of their account money or you know making decisions regarding their retirement, um, we're just trying to be in a position where they can get you know the best advice possible in that situation. DC Pension Geeks brings you exclusive conversations with top retirement policymakers and regulators in and around Washington, DC. Hosted by Brian Graff, an attorney, accountant, former Capitol Hill staffer, and CEO of the American Retirement Association. If you're looking for an insider's view of all the twists and turns that Washington takes on the road to ensuring a secure retirement for millions of Americans, you're in the right place. Welcome to DC Pension Geeks. Hi, everybody. Uh, Brian Graff here. Uh, This is the first of the DC Pension Geeks series of podcasts, and I can't think of anyone better to start this series off than the recently uh, finally confirmed um, Assistant Secretary of Labor uh, at the Employee Benefit Security Administration, Lisa Gomez. Welcome, Lisa. Thanks for, for joining us today. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me. Yes, uh, I think I celebrated my four-month anniversary um, on the job on this past Saturday, so time is flying. Yeah, it's got to be hard knowing that you're kind of going to get a job but you have to sort of wait for the process and it's not like Washington works very fast. And so, you know, and, and there were some fits and starts there as we, I think some of you may know about. So we're, we're glad that you finally uh, are, are here and I've, you know, already hit the ground running. Right. Um, but I, I think it would maybe to start just a little bit more about your background. I think a lot of people don't realize how steeped you are in retirement plan uh, law and regulation. And I think, you know, I think having some sense of, of what you've done before coming here, uh, will help people, people understand, uh, the perspective that you're bringing to the table. Um, sure. So going back, you know, a little bit further, um, just growing up, my, my parents didn't have any form of retirement benefits in the jobs that they were in. Um, so I definitely knew, uh, firsthand or, or through them, um, the stress that can come from not having any type of uh, retirement or pension coming from your jobs um, and and how much pe- folks rely upon um, re- rely upon that as they approach uh, retirement age. Um, when I was in college, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to could be when I grow up. Um, certainly, did not, uh, I don't know that I'm grown up yet, but you, did you didn't not say have... I want to be an ERISA lawyer when you were like in grade school. I mean, come on. <laughs> right, right. On the playground was talking with everyone about wanting to be an ERISA lawyer or an assistant secretary in some agency called EBSA um, was not really on my mind. Um, I did know that I wanted to do something that would help people in some kind of advocacy form, but I didn't know really what. I wanted to do to the, do with that. Um, when I went to law school, I found myself gravitating towards labor and employment law. Still didn't really know anything about ERISA or employee benefits um, because sadly, and even to this day, there's not a lot of classes offered in law school that really focus, Surprisingly. Yeah. Right, focus on employee benefits. I think it was maybe a chapter in my employment, um, employment law class or, uh, but not much. Um, but when I was in law school, I got a, um, job working for 
a labor employment and employee benefits firm in New York. Um, that firm specialized with respect to employee benefits, mostly on multi-employer plans, um, but with plans generally. And that was my first real exposure to employee benefits. Um, and I learned, you know, a lot about pensions and health benefits um, in that role and ended up spending almost 30 years um, at that law firm um, as an employee benefits uh, attorney representing plan sponsors, um, mainly, again, in the multi-employer side, but also single employer work, um, doing some work with participants and, you know, advising some employers on setting up plans and compliance, um, doing a, a little bit of litigation um, while I was there. Um, and working with workers uh, or plans representing workers in all different types of industries, um, in the entertainment industry, in the construction industry, healthcare, um, teachers, I mean, pretty much everything we um, we covered it. And so that was really interesting to just understand the different needs of people and their perspectives with respect to um, benefits, both pension and health benefits. Um, and I just, through that experience, really saw the importance of um, employee benefits as a part of daily life for workers and their families. Um, and enjoyed working with plan sponsors to really understand what their obligations were and to be able to deliver on these promises of benefits that they had made to um, their employees. And um, thankfully, you know, that brought me here to EBSA. Um, it's my first experience working in any kind of government, you know, federal or state. Um, but it's a, so far been a great opportunity, but that's sort of how I got here. That's great. And it, it's really great that you've got all that substantive background because, you know, you, you're hitting uh, the, the Department of Labor, you're arriving at, a, you know, an incredibly busy time, right? There, you know, right from the get-go, I think, you know, one of the first things that came out of the, uh, out while you were, um, after you got instilled as, uh, and confirmed as Assistant Secretary was the, you know, ESG final rule. Um, there, you know, you just issued a, a reproposal of the VFCP rule. I mean, there's a lot, there's just a lot going on. And, um, you know, I think having, having that background allows you to, to deal with all the different things coming at you so quickly, uh, from the get go. Um, since you, since you've been there, how, how, how have you felt in terms of being able to interact with you know, what is a fairly sizable contingent of employees that have been, you know, working in this area for a long time. Have you enjoyed working with them? And, and what's the camaraderie like there? And given all the, you know, given, frankly, the huge amount of projects they have going on all the time. Yeah, Brian, um, I have to say that being here at EBSA, a lot of people ask me, was it everything you expected it to be? And I didn't really have any expectations coming in, having not worked um, in, you know, for any federal um, agency before. Um, I knew folks, some folks at EBSA, just having dealt with them either on individual cases or um, 
or through bar associations, meeting people. So I knew some people, but didn't really know exactly what it was like working here at EPSA and what they do on a day-to-day. And um, I have learned a lot um, in the past four months, and I'm still, I'm sure I have still a ton um, left to learn. Um, Everything from, you know, all of the various acronyms that are used in in the government world. And I, and I thought that I knew a lot about ERISA. And, you know, I think compare, you know, compared to um, maybe some other people, you know, I do have a lot of substantive sure. experience. Um, that being said, there is still a lot to learn substantively because there are areas that, you know, I didn't have a lot to deal with there. Um, there are some stakeholders that, you know, I never had the opportunity to really work with or learn from. Um, and so that's all been really exciting to learn some new things, understand um, where, you know, some other issues that are out there that I never, pers- I knew were out there, but never really had to personally focus on because they weren't um, subjects that the people that I was working with were necessarily um, involved in. Um, And also, even with the things that I was working on for the past 30 years, um, getting to see things with a whole different lens, you know, looking at them from the perspective of a regulatory agency versus as a practitioner, you know, a lawyer that's uh, that's representing these plan sponsors. Um, And I think it's been really helpful because since I'm coming into this Um, position, having all of this experience from the plan sponsor side, um, I can sit there and, you know, listen to the folks here who are really just absolutely amazing um, and have such dedication to the mission, um, are really just incredibly, you know, bright and dedicated and have, you know, so much knowledge in this subject um, matter area. and can listen to them and can also offer to them my own experience and some perspectives that particularly folks who have been here for a very long time and may never have worked directly with plan sponsors, um, I can give them some perspective where they may assume that things work certain ways, and but actually in real life, that's not how they work. And so I think it's been a really great collaboration, you know, um, between me and the and the people who are here to to work together and um you know see things in a new light but i definitely um in working with people here have just been so impressed i mean they were very welcoming um to have me here you know as you say the the agency has um over 800 employees um, both here at the national office and across the country and i think everyone was really just eager and waiting to um, have someone come in and um, and I, nothing but, you know, a t- complete warm welcome and lots of, you know, support and collaboration. And it's been just great being here. I think people listening to this are going to be, are really going to be pleased that, you know, you're able to bring that, that perspective, that practical perspective from a plan sponsor standpoint, because, uh, you know, I do think that's the, the, the biggest challenge um, when you, 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 when an agency, whether it's yours or others, um, 
when you talk to the regulated community, even when you're talking to representatives, it's hard to get the actual perspectives of what, what plan sponsors are dealing with every single day. And so, um, you know, it's great that you're able to kind of share that and, 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 you know, provide some provide that practical standpoint that sometimes, you know, the, the career regulators are not really in a position just because they, you know, they haven't, it's not intentional. It's just that they haven't, they haven't had that exposure. So that's really, that's really great that you're able to deliver that. Yeah, no, and I I agree. Um, I think it's really helpful, and um, you know, a, a great thing here is that people have been very open to listening um, about things. I, I will say that my um, experience cuts both ways because um, I I definitely have the perspective, you know, coming in and understanding what it's like for plan sponsors. Um, at the same time. I, you know, sometimes when I'm listening to plant sponsors talk about certain things, I kind of look at them and say, mm, come on, folks, <laughs> right. we could do better on that. Right. Um, so and and I've always been just personality wise as a um, as a leader and as just working with folks, I think people who do know me personally, um, I really pride myself on being collaborative and trying to draw consensus and hearing all sides. And um, so, but, but, you know, I am, folks should not expect that me coming from the plan sponsor world, I'm just coming in and saying, you all don't know anything about what it's really like in the real world. Um, That I'm, I'm able to bring that in, but also, you know, hopefully with respect to the plan sponsor community, um, understand where they're coming from and try to point out to to them as well, okay, I've been in your shoes. We can be doing better in those areas. Um, so hopefully it'll it'll work out well for everyone um, as everybody gets to know me better. Speaking of kind of you know what you're working on and, and kind of moving forward, you're you know already started out ESG, VFCP. what what's coming next? What are the what are the upcoming priorities that the uh, retirement uh, plan universe should be looking for. Sure. So um, certainly, you know, as you as you referenced before, I came here. Um, it's not as if the agency was, you know, sitting around idle. Uh, they were doing lots of work, doing great work. And um, when I came in, about a month into my tenure here, um, we finalized the ESG rule, um, and that was out. And I really. Um, have to give so much credit to um, the folks that were here working really hard on that and so many other product uh, projects before I came in. Um, and, you know, coming into it, however, it wasn't as if everything was done and I was sitting here twiddling my thumbs thinking, well, what can we do next? Um, there are lots of, were lots of things that were in development um, and a, a big um, project that was um, was handed to us by Congress at the end of 2022, as you know, you're well aware, um, was Secure 2.0. So tremendous retirement legislation, um, and you know, for us at EBSA, and for me, you know, specifically here, we were handed with um, through Secure 2.0. Uh, there's more than 20 different 
tasks and projects, you know, within that. There's over, I think there's at least a dozen studies that you're supposed to be doing. Right. There's studies, there's regulations, there's, um, you know, and some, some of the tasks are smaller, some are larger, you know, as you say, some are reports that are, you know, due relatively, you know, in relatively short order. Um, but it also includes things like the lost and found database, which is not just, you know, is going to involve not just coming up with some regulations as to how the database will work and what information we'll need and how we'll obtain that, but also actually working to put together this database. Um, So there, you know, that's going to need you to work directly with the the regulated community because you got to get the information in order to populate the database. Right. Right. No, and also then working to um, make sure that the participants who are out there, who you know, are the main people to benefit from that database, know about it, understand it, you know, can feel comfortable with it, and um, can use it for what it's intended. So, um, so, but yeah, there's there's lots of things under secure that are going to keep us very busy, um, and we are you know working on. Um, internally trying to just come up with, um, you know, working on a plan, um, what we can do, how we'll do it, um, how to, you know, dedicate resources, and also just to examine what has been in the works already, um, other projects that are out there that we might be able to kind of fold in the requirements of SECURE. um, And the VFCP is one example of that, where um, Congress, as part of SECURE, um, required that um, certain corrections, if they are able to be corrected under the IRS's program, that they also be um, corrected under EBS's program. And so we had already had a proposal out on the VFCP program, and we just recently reopened the comment period to allow um, interested people to, you know, submit comments with respect to that aspect. So just trying to be efficient in how we're doing things and not reinvent wheels and see where there are opportunities to um, attack some of these, you know, projects in, in just, again, a, an efficient way. Yeah, no, we appreciate that. And, and, you know, that's a, that's a program that we were very involved with as an organization working with you all in developing from the beginning. And so, um, you know, certainly uh, we'll be, we'll be contributing uh, to the comments as well. Um, uh, separate from secure, obviously the, you know, one of the biggest uh, areas of focus uh, for some time has been the issue around um, the fiduciary standard, and and in particular, the definition of what constitutes investment advice. And um, I I think I've been working on this uh, with all of you. Pretty much since I, I mean, it almost feels like I know it was the mid '90s at a minimum, um, and um, so it's 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 been a longstanding project, um, and I think you know on your on your uh, calendar in terms of work plan is a, is a proposal to um, to uh, potentially change. Uh, the 1974 regulation is that still in the works, and and what kind of timing um, do you have in mind? Yeah, so um, as you said, on the fall 2022 regulatory agenda, there is um, a project listed to issue a proposed rule 
with respect to um, defining when people who render investment advice for a fee to plans, ERISA plans or participants um, will be considered fiduciaries under ERISA. Um, and as you say, this is, I mean, this is ERISA 101 um, as far as who is a fiduciary. Um, it's something that has been out there for, you know, many, many years um, under, you know, several people prior to me sitting in this chair. Um, and it is a very important issue. Um, and we are, and it is a priority um, for me and for EBSA um, in, you know, the coming, I don't want to say, you know, weeks, months, um, but we, we are definitely focused on it. Um, there have been a lot of changes in the marketplace since the test, um, the five-part test came out in 1975. Just a, um, just a few changes. <laughs> right, just a few changes. Uh, you know, when you think about what the retirement um, marketplace looked like in 1975, um, you didn't have, you know, all of these 401ks and individual account plans and, you know, um, ways in which workers were really more responsible and involved in how their retirement money was being invested. Um, it was more, you know, the plans and just larger scale making investment decisions. I think I, I think I had a conversation with someone. I said the idea of a rollover didn't exist when that regulation was right. right. So you know, so it's natural that um, people are going to look for help um, when they're trying to make decisions regarding how to navigate. Um, their retirement and how to best invest depending on their retirement goals, their ages, you know, all different situations. And we think that it's really important that when they get that advice, that the people that they work with are putting their clients' interests first, no matter what kind of product we're looking at. And right now, there's not a level playing field um, from a regulatory standpoint as to what rules apply to, you know, different people in that, um, you know, who are in that equation. And um, so that's a big area of focus for us. Um, but certainly, you know, it's it's a long time coming. There's been a lot of, you know, uh, fits and starts and different things happening along the way. But I'm hopeful that, you know, we can move forward with that um, sooner rather than later. So, I mean, is it, I mean, I, I know timeframes are, are difficult uh, to predict, but, you know, are we talking, you know, certainly this year, maybe in the next six months? Um, I would say, again, you know, can't really commit to a time frame, but, um, I, you know, I, I'm hoping it's going to be a 2023 event for sure. Um, so and hopefully, like I said, sooner rather than later, because I do think that um, that it's much needed advice. Uh, or, you know, and, and we, we, you know, we need clarity in this area um, to have everyone be on the same page and on the same level as far as the advice that's being given to people. These, you know, when someone is making a rollover um, of their account money or, you know, making decisions regarding their retirement, um, we're just trying to be in a position where they can get, you know, the best advice possible in that situation. So, um, but yeah, so something to look forward to in 2023, just a little tiny role, you know. Just a little tiny role. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Lisa, thank you so much for your time today. Um, I think that's an incredibly important point to to close <laughs> us at. And and um, 
I mean, it's obvious to me that we're very fortunate to have you in that role and, and look forward to continue, continue to working with you because, uh, as you said, there is uh, not a shortage of issues to be dealing with. And, and certainly with Secure 2.0, it's, uh, it's only growing. No, that's for sure. And, um, you know, with all of that coupled with, um, you know, the work that we're doing in mental health and, you know, in various health issues right. um, with, you know, with the folks here. Um, I'm looking forward. I think it's going to be an exciting year. So, um, but thanks for having me, Brian. Thank you.